I'm Wayne Epps here with Zach Joaquin, and we're here for another episode of Ram Talk with the RTD, looking back at the Atlanta 10 tournament, and then also at VCU's NIT opener on Tuesday against Princeton. Um, so we're to start, you know, A10 tournament. Um, you know, obviously VCU uh, heading into that had, had a lot at stake um, with the game in St. Louis, the regular season finale, had a chance at the top seed, didn't get it, ended up as the number three seed, but still with, the, with that double buy, so they were, they were waiting around until last Friday to play, uh, and ended up playing, you know, their their uh, crosstown rival Richmond, who with everything people, to play for. Exactly, which a lot of people obviously expected that, you know, coming in, Richmond was a higher seed in their um, second round game on Thursday, and ended up making it to the quarterfinal game on Friday. So. It was a Big time game, you know, against your rival. Um, but VCU, just similar to St. Louis, just kind of came out a little flat from a defensive perspective. And, and as far as defending the arc, which has been such a strength for VCU all year, um, you know, they came into the game second in the nation in three, three point um, field goal percentage defense. Um, so they defended the three so well all, all year. But then Jacob Gilliard just goes off. He was um, phenomenal. Yeah, hitting NBA range threes, which, yeah. you know, are hard to defend. <laughs> like he was just some of those threes he was hitting is just like you got to tip your cap. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not that's not a bad contest, or that's not you know a product of VCU not being on its game as far as getting out to the perimeter and running people off the three point line. Gilliard was just that good that sometimes you have to tip your cap, and it's awesome to see when you get into conference tournaments late in the year those those seniors or those six year guys that play with that desperation. And man, he really had that. You could tell that he did not want his college career to end, and he left it all out on the floor. And played fantastic. And even though it's a it's a huge rival, I think you have to tip your cap to to how he to how he played. Hundred percent. That's that's what makes uh you know March Madness so so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that it's like that will to, to win. One shining know? moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But just 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 that, that will to win, and you know, winning four four games in four days is, is so tough. Um, and you know, for that, that that Richmond game against VCU, Gilliard talked a lot about like they were driven by the the twenty point loss they had at the Sequel Center back in February. I'm sure the We Run Richmond stuff was in their minds. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he said that he he specifically said that he was like we remember that 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 We Run Richmond quote um, mm-hmm. that that came out of that that game when, when VCU beat Richmond by twenty. Uh, and he, he he said you know ninety five percent of that game on Friday was pride yeah. from from losing the way they did uh, at the Sequel Center. So I think that that really drove them. And and I think Gilliard kind of single-handedly kind of pulled the guys along with that, with hitting those threes, went 5 of 9 from deep in the first half, finished uh, 7 of 12, which was part of a 9 of 19 overall night for Richmond, shooting the three. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, just look, looking at VCU, it was kind of symbolic on the, on, the, on the wrong end as far as, like, two of the biggest culprits, two of the biggest uh, detractors that they've had all year as far as fouling too much mm-hmm. and turning the ball over too much really kind of reared their head in that game. Um, you know, uh, the, the fouls, you know, you know, Richmond um, didn't shoot the ball particularly well in the second half, but they still went 20-23 from the free throw line in the second half, and that allowed, allowed them to keep that lead even though they weren't really really lighting up from the field in the, in the second half. My gosh, Richmond shot 32 free throws and VCU shot nine. Yeah, it was that was wild. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, it's just, I mean, again, they, they shot 34 percent from the field in the second half. But when you when you when you're on the line for 23 free throws, that allowed you to keep a lead like that. So yeah. you know, obviously VCU tried its best to come back, but just never could quite get close enough to overtake them late. And um, the fouling was part of it. Yeah, it was frustrating. And it's obviously, I think it's easy to get frustrated with the officiating from a VCU perspective, but that's also part of the deal with how VCU plays, right? Sometimes when when you play that physical defensive style, when you're flying out to three-point shooters, when you're trying to contest everything, if you run into an officiating crew that's going to call things tight, then sometimes you can have a game like that where another team shoots 32 free throws and you shoot nine. 
and it's tough to recover from. Um, even if you're playing your typical hallmark defense when you're putting a team on the line that much, then especially a good free throw shooting team like Richmond, they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. And then on the wrong end of that aggressiveness too is 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 when you turn the ball over yourself yeah. on offense. And you see VCU, you know, again, it's been all year. Sometimes just they play so fast. Sometimes they're pressing the pedal you get too, too fast. Sped up. Yeah. And and uh, you know it's a passing transition that's a little bit too quick, a little bit ahead or behind of a guy and out of bounds. Um, there was one play in particular that sticks out of my head from from Friday where Keyshawn Curry, who we all know, like when he, when he gets free on the fast break, he's going 110 miles per hour. He did that on one play, but he went too fast and couldn't slow himself down mm-hmm. and fell out of bounds. And that was one turnover. So you know those turnovers kind of racked up. And in Richmond, they didn't you know they didn't take a huge advantage of them. They scored 15 points off 16 VC turnovers, but those extra points matter in a game like that. And so, um, you know, Mike Rose kind of called the turnovers and the fouling VCU's Achilles heel all year after the game. Um, and so everyone knew coming in at VCU, like they were right there on that bubble. We talked about it before. Uh, they were kind of teetering on that bubble um, and in some brackets out and some some other brackets mm-hmm. projections heading in. And But everyone knew the consensus was, you know, they had some more work to do. They couldn't just get in by losing on Friday. And so losing that game on Friday, it kind of effectively pushed them too far off that bubble. I think everyone kind of expected like they had to at least make the A-10 final to yeah. get themselves a good chance. And and so obviously ultimately they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Um, when the bracket was revealed and sort of the official first four out and included Dayton, SMU, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. So they weren't as maybe close as even maybe some people thought, even with the loss on Friday. And Dayton was kind of the first team out with Richmond, Richmond's crazy run. Um, Stole beating, their bid. Yeah. yeah. Davidson was going to get in regardless, you know, as, as an at-large. That, they were safe. And so with Richmond, um, but Richmond wouldn't have gotten in if they hadn't won the tournament. So Richmond getting the auto bid and kicking Davidson to an at-large bid, that kicked Dayton out, uh, is what committee chair Tom Burnett said on Sunday. So that's kind of interesting the way some of those cards played out. But obviously, VCU didn't make it. I had to wait for that NIT bid and ended up getting a number three seed in the NIT in a home game against Princeton on, on uh, Tuesday. Uh, so that, that's a quick turnaround. I think, I think that's kind of interesting as well. That's kind of like a situation where uh, if maybe VCU had made it to the final on Sunday and then lost, they maybe would have looked at a first four in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So you would have had a, maybe a Tuesday turnaround. Uh, in the NIT, they had a Tuesday turnaround. That's very quick. <laughs> it was so interesting watching the A-10 kind of cannibalize itself, yeah. right, with the amount of teams that it had on the bubble. I think St. Louis was kind of in and around mm-hmm. it a little further back. Than, than VCU and Dayton were. But when you have teams that are that close on the bubble, you have games like VCU-St. Louis late in the year um, and then Richmond directly stealing Dayton's bid um, that you're going to be battling each other for those at-large spots when you have that many teams that are in and around. And that's kind of that's going to be the narrative with a conference like the A-10. That's a, what, a mid-major conference, right? And so you have a few teams that are always going to be in and around that bubble. And you're stealing bids from one another. And it gets. It, I, I thought it was fun yeah. you know, toward the end of the year playing bracketology like we did in those <laughs> in those few weeks leading up to it. Um, It's entertaining from uh, a college basketball fan's perspective. And and one last note on the Richmond game, too. Mm -hmm. I think that so much of the narrative coming out of VCU's really commanding win over Richmond at the Siegel Center um, later in the year was VCU's youth and Richmond's experience, right? And how things did not play out, how on paper you might have expected them to with such an experienced Richmond team. VCU was really able to speed them up and play their style at the Siegel Center. Mm -hmm. We saw the the script very much flip in the A-10 tournament game, right? Where you finally saw the experience that Richmond, going into the year, you thought they were going to hang their hat on. You really finally saw it 
be a huge boon for them. They looked like they were more calm and composed, um, and they were able to get VCU sped up. You talked about the sequence with Keyshawn. There were a lot of those in that game Mm -hmm. where it just looked like VCU was trying to play fast and got ahead of itself, Um, and Richmond looked like they'd been there before, Mm -hmm. and that it was an experienced group that knew how to handle the moment, and and VCU just didn't quite. um, And I, I don't think you can fault a young team so much for that. It was We were bound to get to this point in the year where the youth kind of caught up with them a little bit, and it just happened to at, at the wrong time against your rivals and a really experienced Richmond team. And hats off to them, too. I mean, they've got a, a, a few guys who've been in that with that program for so long, and, and, and that was good to see. I think on Twitter, kind of between the two communities, there's always a lot of animosity, but I saw a good bit from VCU Twitter of like, you know what, hats off to, to Gilliard and hats off to Golden. Those guys have been there for a long time. Chris Mooney's a good guy. Yeah. You know, people from the VCU community were happy for him. I remember um, on the TV, uh, the announcers were talking a lot about his uh, his his kids um, were there crying in the stands yeah, yeah. And, and, and with his wife. And it was awesome to see that emotion from them, even from a rival. Um, hats off to Richmond. They played a fantastic game, and it's awesome to see them dancing now. Yeah. And VCU has to kind of collect itself and refocus, which is what you were leading into there, um, playing in the NIT. And they've they've had a motto, Mike has, um, for, for kind of refocusing and, and trying to, to get this group to take a step back. And not just, you see so many teams sputter out when they get to the NIT, if they wanted to be an NCAA tournament team and you fall short of expectations and you're just kind of going through the motions in the NIT. Mm -hmm. But this VCU team is really trying to focus on capturing the moment and and being grateful to be here and trying to accomplish something in the NIT. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you know, unfortunately, just the way it is, you know, the NIT is kind of a consolation prize. Like, that's just uh, the honest truth. Like like you said, every team wants to be in the the big dance, (laughs) not the uh, the side actor, you know, if you want to call that that for the NIT. But at the same time, you know, you know, it's still great teams in this tournament yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's still a trophy to play for and and so like like you mentioned you know the, you know um like rose came out with that motto see it through uh so the team met you know like 9 45 sunday night after the bracket came out nit bracket came out and and uh, that was kind of motto he, he said to them um that you know you know they didn't want to kind of finish strong here and he he, he uh he kind of mentioned that you know he brought up the history of the, the nit uh rose was a, a history major in, in college at lebanon valley where he was like also the d3 player of the year um <laughs> uh, but he kind of he said he gave them a, a history lesson as far as like back in the day, um, which, which I actually I had to be honest, I had to do my own research on that. Like back in like the NIT was founded a year before the NCAA tournament back in 1938, and back in those early days, like it was it was it was a more prestigious tournament early wow. on before the NCAA tournament became the the tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was kind of interesting. So he kind of he kind of mentioned that to the guys to help motivate them as well. Um, and then again, just bringing up that see it through motto of like, okay, let's let's see what we've done through. He kind of he mentioned that he feel like this group has kind of overachieved a little bit because you know if we, as we we've talked about like coming in there were so many question marks between the ace injury, Jameer Watkins being out, losing um, Bones Highland. So just how young the team was in general. Yeah. yeah. So you know even even being a top four seed and, and having a chance to make the tournament as, as an at large, he feel like they're overachieved. So now he's like see it through. Let's let's try to get to Madison Square Garden. He mentioned mm-hmm. the prestige of playing in, in, in that building. Uh, he brought. That up to the guys on Sunday night as well, trying to get the opportunity because mm-hmm. if they if they win two more games now after, after beating Princeton, they win two more games and get to Madison Square Garden. That's where the semifinals and finals are, and that's always a big stage. So, um, and, and and there's history too with this VCU program, like which Rose knows well. Like Shaka's first year uh, when he was a Rose was an assistant there, uh, they won the CBI, and mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of attribute that to like uh, what they ended up doing that following year and going to the Final Four is just the experience they got to make in a postseason run like that. Um, 
and and um and one more anecdote too that was kind of cool that Rose brought up was like when he was still at Runoff Macon in two, 2008. That was the last year BC played in the NIT before this year. Um, Shout out Macon by the way right now on an <laughs> oh, awesome yeah. postseason run as well. Yeah, which they're like the way they've won is, is wow. Like yeah. but Anthony four year four time four time player player of the year in the, in the ODAC. Like they're, they're doing some crazy things. But but Rose obviously had a, a successful ten year run there too mm-hmm. before he went to BCU on Shaka staff and and um in 08 he, he said you know it was it was date night with his wife they went out to the Seagull Center to watch VCU play UAB in the NIT that that year back in March 20, 2008 and um VCU lost that game in the first round even though they were a higher seed and he kind of brought that up with the team as well on Sunday night getting ready for this week was just like he said like, don't be that guy don't be that guy that is not motivated and loses in the first round mm-hmm. um and I think all that together also VCU's disappointment from the way they played uh in the Richmond loss but also the St. Louis loss that I think that also gave them some extra fire too and they came out Tuesday and they played better defensively in the first half not an easy draw either against no. a good Princeton team very good they can really shoot the three like yeah one, they one, can one of the best uh, three-point shooting teams in the country uh, and they had had the uh, Ivy League player of the year as well they were the Ivy League regular season champ um, and you saw VCU I thought very interestingly just like if you, if you break out three of the, the, the biggest weaknesses of this team it was offense particularly early on mm-hmm. it was those turnovers and it was the fouling and then they come out on Tuesday they score season high in points uh, they, had, they tied a season low in turnovers and fouls you could really see where the emphasis was yeah and so I think I think for them when you talk about that see it through model I think I think that's a productive outing for them as and that's far huge as, for a young yeah. team that, yeah. you, to, that you can see that they know where the issues are exactly. and where to focus their attention um, that's a, a great sign of progress from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Princeton, 9 of 26 from three. Um, they still, I mean, you could see that it's a great three-point shooting team. Um, they have a lot of guys that they can spread the floor with and catch and shoot really quick. Tough to contest, quick releases. Um, but VCU did a good job. I mean, it was a, a high-scoring, up-and-down game. It was a fun game. Yeah. Um, and, and once you get to a postseason tournament like the NIT, uh, I think you saw a little bit of everyone lets loose mm-hmm. a little bit, and, and there's perhaps more flow to the game, and that's why we saw the the 90 to, um, to 79 points output that we saw. Um, the Seagull Center was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a little bit smaller crowd, like 2,700, which on a short notice uh, on a t- Tuesday night, like, yeah. you know, that's, that's you can't really ask for, for much more than that, but I feel like the, those who were there were, were really into it, and, you know, the crowd got up. But then I think Jalen Jaloch tweeted after the game, we got the best fans in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it, it, was, it was a good atmosphere. It's, it's postseason basketball, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, you know, Rich Princeton, you kind of saw, <laughs> you saw that three-point shooting in the second half. Um, so I, I think it's interesting, like, VCU, um, you know, Princeton shot 57% in the second half, VCU for for all, how it's progressed offensively, they, they outgunned them in the second half, yeah. shot fifty nine percent. A lot of that was inside scoring too. Um, they had finished with 57, 56 points in the paint, which was a season high as part of that season high ninety points. So um, they really did a good job of kind of out muscling them inside uh, in that second half and. Um, and so it's very interesting just just mention that model just that, like I feel like this this tournament the biggest thing they can do is kind of help set the stage for next year like that CBI did back in 2010 uh, and so when you look at them kind of correcting the issues that, that the way they did in, in that game I think that's a very it's incredibly valuable very, experience very valuable. yeah so so it was very intriguing to see how that, that played out and it was, it was fun to watch and uh, it's so easy to to get to the NIT for a team we were talking about this before we went on air here um, that was so close to the NCAA tournament and be disappointed and have a letdown yeah. and you didn't see that from VCU mm-hmm. um, and and you could tell that with Mike and with the group as a whole that's really been a point of emphasis and something that you're aware of going into a tournament like this right mm-hmm. knowing that you didn't meet 
what was necessarily your goal and what everyone was hoping for later on in the season, but to still take advantage of the moment because it's a really valuable experience that yeah. you can use next year and you can use down the road for a team that has so many guys coming back next year. Yeah. Um, this this could really transfer. You talked about that CBI run mm-hmm. um, and thinking of it not you know every season as individual, right? I mean, this is a collective. Um, endeavored that seasons transfer mm-hmm. between one another and the experience that you gain now can be really valuable next year. Yeah. Um, I think we saw that against Princeton for sure. 100%, yeah. So so now, you know, you talk about see it through, the, the sites are on uh, Master Square Garden, that's mm-hmm. what they want to get. And uh, I thought it was funny, like, like Rose talking about that last night was like, um, for him, especially growing up, you know, the sort of the history of the math, of MSG, like he mentioned, like playing or coaching in the MSG, like, you, like that's like, you, you have a better chance going to the moon, that's what he says. It doesn't feel like a it. consolation prize once you get there no not yeah. at all so so um so that, that one step um you know but the next matchup could, could be a tough one but you know uh, it'll be a wake force or mm-hmm. towson which um, by the time you, you'll see this that, that game will probably well obviously the results will be in for that one they play on wednesday night um and uh t- wake forest is the number two seed so if wake wins that game then bc will, will travel down to winston-salem for that on this weekend it'll be either saturday or sunday if towson wins and towson is unseated so they'll, they'll travel to the sequel center to play this weekend cool which, old caa matchup yeah, yeah, very, very much so. So I, I think either of those matchups are, are very intriguing. Uh, like I said, the, the CA matchup—they haven't played in ten years. Um, you know that that rivalry—they played a couple times in the CA tournament in, in, over the years, um, but haven't played in a while. Um, Have you ever been down to Wake? I've heard it's a beautiful campus. No, so so that would be interesting to, to get a chance to see that. It, that, that does happen. Uh, I know it's in, in the mountains, so it looks beautiful. So. Um, that would be that would be an interesting game, and they have the ACC Player of the Year and Lonnie mm-hmm. Williams too, averaging uh, over 19 points, over six rebounds per game. Um, very good, good guard there, averaging about five assists too. Uh, so kind of all around player, maybe a similar ally events a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, who also had a very uh, fit up the stat line last night too with a, a double double um, against Preston. But uh, I think either of those games um, or you know be, be an entertaining watch and. Um, and the Wake Forest for hours would be a challenge as far as continuing on, but I think I think we saw it last night that the VCU team seems motivated. Um, and you know, I got a chance to talk to uh, Ace on Monday night uh, before um, the Tuesday game, and he was like, you know, we're, we're here to win this. We're not here to BS. Like we're not we're not just here to be here. And so I think you saw that on Tuesday. So especially for a young team, that's a refreshing mindset to have. I think for it, it's easier for a young team to kind of pack it in once you get to a, a consolation tournament like the NIT and say we didn't achieve our goals and um, and that it doesn't really mean anything. Whereas with a more experienced group, you'd probably expect a little more desperation because that's their career and they want to keep playing. So it's awesome to see a young team have taken that step back and been able to refocus um, and treat this like the opportunity that it is. There's some, I mean, ACC Player of the Year. Yeah. That's a, there's some good teams yeah. um, in this tournament, and it's an, and it's a great opportunity for them um, to play some really top competition and to set the stage for next year. Exactly. And you know, mentioned how you know this young group it may, maybe makes them hungrier too. Like mm-hmm. I was looking back, just getting ready for this weekend. Like there's only two guys on this team who've played in NCAA tournament games. So um, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, obviously they didn't get the chance last year. Um, Vince Vince played against UCF um, back in 2019. Uh, Levi Stocker, when he was at Kansas State, played that uh, they made it to Elite Eight uh, his freshman year. Um, but other than that, like, like, like the, the postseason is still new for most of these guys because they didn't get a chance to play last year because obviously the Oregon game was a no contest. And so this is a lot of these guys' first taste at postseason basketball. So, yeah, it is NIT, but they want, I think they want a trophy. So And at this point, after how last season ended um, and coming so close to an at-large bid this year, you would think going into next year there's going to be a lot of hunger there because they yeah. know where the expectations – they see the banners mm-hmm. in the Seagull Center. They know what the expectations for this program are. It's to make the NCAA tournament, and it's every year. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a high bar 
Um, and, and they know that exists. That's part of the reason they came to VCU, yeah. you know, um, to, to be able to play with those expectations um, and for a fan base that, that has that high bar. Um, and so the hunger going into next year, you would imagine, um, will be great for this group uh, after a really disappointing end to last year um, that nobody could control. And a disappointing end to this season um, after there were some really promising moments. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about this team outperforming the expectations going into the year, but there was also a stretch there um, when they were really hot in conference play yeah. that you thought this team could not only make the NCAA tournament, but make some noise in the NCAA tournament. And I think the players had that belief and expectation too. Yeah. So to come short and to be playing in the NIT now, um, I, I would imagine there's going to be a great deal of hunger going into next year for postseason basketball and to, to get back to where this program expects to be year in and year out. Yeah, I, I think um, Jay Nunn, who's going to be one of those young guys yeah. leading the way next year, he's, he's had a really good, like, sort of... Uh, so much maturity. Last several games of the year, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's becoming a really good scorer. And, but I think he... The perspective he had on it last night in the postgame was very, very, um, very good because he was just talking about, like, like hey, it's postseason basketball. Not everyone gets this chance. So you can yeah, tell, like, exactly. he, he kind of cherished it, too, as a freshman getting a chance to do this so I think for him as a sophomore and, and, and moving ahead in his career I think it's going to mean that much more for him so seeing that seeing that perspective from a freshman that's that's big um, it's still win or go home yeah you're still yeah. playing for your postseason life and for your season to continue um and and for guys like Keyshawn and Vince might might not be playing for the, their college careers and so um even though it's a consolation bracket you know there's still very much that hunger that we're seeing from this group and it's been refreshing to see yeah exactly so um we'll have all your, your March Madness coverage uh, covered for you on richmond.com slash sports um, between NCAA tournament and NIT so uh, you can follow all our all our stuff at richmond.com slash sports thank you for watching thank you guys